time. <laughs> you have a very kind pastor. I never did learn to drive really well. Um, I want to just kind of echo Justin this morning. Um, I prepared a sermon, and I had my 10 points, and I had the sub points. You guys would have so loved it. <laughs> Lots of blanks for you to fill in and everything. And I got up this morning, and I put my suit on, put my skirt and my jacket and my white blouse and all my jewelry on and everything. And, and I just kind of felt like God went, um, who are you? And um, we had a moment where God did what Justin said. Um, we're not going to do this by a pattern. I don't get my 10 points, God. And, um, and he said, how about this? You be you and I'll be me. And I went, I can go with that. I can go with that. And so what I felt that he put on my heart this morning was to share with you what he's been doing I want to stand as a witness this morning. I just Can I testify this morning? <laughs> Good, because some of it I'm going to talk about you guys. <laughs> they were in my office. But um, i got two short scriptures I want us to read just as a, a, a brief foundation to uh, take us where we're going. Then we're going to just trust God and we're going to watch for him this morning. Amen? Stand with me. These are two random scriptures, but God is so good at random. And God said... Let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night and let them serve as signs to mark sacred times and days and years. And the final one. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Father, we thank you for your word. There is nothing like it. There is nothing like the heartbeat that is in your word, God, the life that is in your word. So, God, I, I pray that you would do today what you always do, that you would send your word today, and we would know that it will never return void. But, God, as you send it, it's going to accomplish in us everything that you send it to do. So, Father, we come under your hand today, Father. We hide in the cleft of the rock today. We trust you to pass by this place. God, we love you. We bless you. We are expectant this morning. Let everything that is of me fall and be forgotten, and everything that is of you stand and produce fruit. And they all said, Amen. And you could have said, And God is good. All the time. God is good. I find that that is just reverberating in my spirit. I just, over and over and over, as to Veterans Day, I did want to just add one small thing. Um, how important it is, as Pastor said, to walk in gratitude for that. My nephew, Cameron, was being shipped back off, and he's in Afghanistan right now. And uh, I, guess, I think Cameron's 22 or 23, and he was struggling. He was having a hard time with this last deployment, and uh, his mom went to meet him, and they had gone to lunch, and he was in uniform, and he was getting ready. Uh, they were, were going to be shipping out the next morning, and he was struggling, rightly so. And... Uh, as they sat at this little diner, at this little uh, dinner, an older gentleman, uh, Inge said maybe 75 or so, got up from his table, took his hat off, walked over to Cameron, and he said, Son, I just want to thank you 
for what you're doing. I thank you for the sacrifice that you're making. She said, Barbie, everything changed. Everything changed. She said, I saw Cameron come alive. And see, that's what gratitude does. Gratitude shifts a moment. It is an acknowledgement of something deep and profound, something that, that God is doing. And in Cameron's life, Cameron needed to know that what was going on, that what he was doing mattered. He needed to know, not that somebody was grateful, but that somebody acknowledged, hey, this is a sacrifice. So for all of you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the difference that you made and the sacrifice that you have made. Some of you have asked me, um, hey, is something wrong with you? <laughs> I have a list. <laughs> I know you have a list too, and that's not right. But I do. God has been doing the most amazing things in my life. This has been, in all seriousness, probably one of the most heartbreakingly beautiful years that I have experienced on the planet. Um, and what I'm learning, like in Genesis, that scripture, I specifically brought that scripture because it says, and, and God set lights in the sky to mark sacred times. And I thought if it's important to God to mark sacred times, it might just be important for us to mark sacred times, that we might just pay attention to what God's doing and begin to mark these times. And so when that hit my spirit, I started to thinking about all of these places God has met me. He has met me, I mean, my whole life God has done this, but he has met me just so faithfully in some of the hardest places, some of the places that I pray don't make me walk through those places. God, I don't want to go there. I don't want to do that. And he has met me so faithfully in, that moment, in those moments. And what I'm finding is that if we will stop in the center of our hardest times, in the times when we feel alone, Sheila, be encouraged. God has you. I don't know where you are, but just be encouraged. God has you. In the middle of those moments, when you think you're not going to catch your next breath, I want you to just stop for a moment. The second scripture we read says, the pure in heart shall see God. Now let me tell you something. I don't know that the word pure is one that I would apply to me, except for Jesus. Every place he has touched in my life. I mean, I could be a rascal. That's a nice way. That's the way we say it in the country. I, could, I mean, I just, I, I mean, I was not a really great preacher's kid, but I was a typical one. <laughs> and so when I read that word and I see, blessed are the pure in heart. And what I know is what Paul knew. Not that I have already arrived yet, but I keep pressing and I keep going, God, change this heart, change me, wake me up. Oh God, I'm sorry about this. And I have this continual dialogue with God. And it is called prayer. When we say pray without ceasing, have a conversation with God. It's ongoing. So that when you hit moments like that, you can move from prayer into petition and it's seamless. See, we jump so quickly into petition and make God a cookie jar God. I'll take two of those, God. But if we're in an ongoing conversation with God, this give and take, this dialogue with God, then what's happening is we are in a consistent state of prayer, which is what the Word says. Pray continually. Pray without ceasing. 
so that when the moments come and you need to go into petition, when you have a place of need, it's just a seamless part of the conversation. And we move from petition into thanksgiving. That's just the way it works. That's the way scripture works um, and the way that God works. But what I found is you also have to stop in those moments where you feel like um, the world is caving in around you when you just received bad news or when you've just done this, you have to stop. You have to stop in the middle of that place and you have to go, (laughs) I need to see you, God. I'm not talking about a physical manifestation of God. What I am talking about is an absolute witness of the fruit of God, the, the passing of his goodness in your moment. I need to see God. Can you do that with me? I need to see God. Now, let's just stop it for one moment. Whatever situation you find yourself in, remind yourself, see God. Just two moves, see God. And that's what God has been showing me, is that if I will stop in these situations and take a moment, he will do with me and he will do with you what he did with Moses in Exodus 33. When uh, the, the God said, I'm not going to go before you, and Moses said, if you do not go before me, then don't take us up from here. My prayer is always, God, if you're not going before me, do not take me from this place. Don't take me up from here. And God says, I will go with you. So we need to establish in our spirits whatever situation God is taking us into. He has said he will go before us if we are going in his will. If we are in his will, he's going before us. So God establishes that. And then I love that Moses does what we do most of the time. He says, God, now show me your glory. Show me your glory. And I love God's response. No. He said, I'm not going to show you my glory because no man can see God and live. You can't, I can't handle it, you know? But what he says is he said, I'm going to put you in the cleft of the rock and I'm going to put my hand over you and I'm going to cause all of my goodness to pass by you. And see, in those moments when you feel hard-pressed, when you feel like, God, I am not going to survive this. God, I feel like I have nowhere to move, no place to go. You have two divine opportunities in that moment. That, the moment to go, I feel your hand upon me, God. I know your hand is upon me. And then begin to watch for his goodness to pass. Now, his goodness is defined as his beauty, something beautiful. Don't you love those moments when God just opens your eyes and, and you go, that has got to be one of the most beautiful moments I have ever taken part in. Just beauty, 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 beauty. Just sidebar. <laughs> Y'all are accustomed to that. So bring it back, bring it back. Beauty, Pastor Ronnie. If you didn't get to go see him in Les Mis this week, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. He stepped out to... Uh, do a solo called Stars. And I have been here since 1991. And I have never heard, I I love his voice, but I have never heard him sing like that. Um, There was this woman sitting next to my husband talking to him a little too much. (laughs) Yeah. That was not a great ride home, I'm just saying. (laughs) For how? Now, I'm teasing. 
but she was talking to him. <laughs> um, and when Pastor Ronnie stepped out and he sang that solo, when he finished, she went, <gasps> I heard her gasp, and she went, <gasps> did you hear that? And I'm like, no, I was asleep. And uh, <laughs> she said, did you hear that? That was, unbel- that was just unbelievable. And the howl goes, that's our pastor. <laughs> and she went, oh, does he sing for you guys? <laughs> and I thought, yeah, he does. But he doesn't get the opportunity to step out and do that. And I was telling him earlier, the, the line that hit me was the line from Chariots of Fire when he says, when I run, I feel his pleasure. And that's what I saw in our pastor this past weekend. Just phenomenal. Bravo. Um, but the beauty of God... You know, if I close my eyes, I can pretend that applause was for me. No. <laughs> okay, but to stop and see the beauty of God, the sacred in the moment. I love that it says, mark the sacred times. Sacred in that instant means Kodesh. And Kodesh is to something that is holy and separateness, that is completely apart from what has actually taken place. It, it is something that is worthy of respect. Moments in your life that are worthy of respect where you just stop and pause and go, I see God here. I see God in this place. I see him in this moment. And we need those moments in order to walk in gratitude. So what I want to do with you this morning is just mark a few of those sacred moments in my life from this past year because I want to give him glory and I want to recognize the things that he has done. Do you know that God is still a miraculous God? Do you know that he's still moving and just because you're not healed doesn't mean you aren't whole? God is just moving. But I, just a couple of testimonies. We had Debbie was in first service and she was talking about her uh, granddaughter was headed to Knoxville this weekend and was in a horrible crash on the interstate. The car was completely totaled and her granddaughter walked away without a bruise. And she went, God is good. God is good. God is good. And he's moving all the time. A few weeks ago, I had a young woman, and she may be here today. I don't know. If you are, take a lap. Um, Wouldn't that be glorious? (laughs) Um, She came up and she said, we're having twin boys, but the doctors say there's no membrane between them. So they're going to be conjoined. A couple of weeks ago, she comes running down the aisle, uh, and she goes, I just have to tell you, you've not been here. And I'm like, I know I haven't been here. But she said, I have to tell you, we went back to the doctor, and there's a membrane. God still does the glorious, still does the amazing. That is the God that we serve. But even when things don't turn out the way that we think they're supposed to turn out and we don't get our woohoo moment, the, the, the wonderful thing about God is that he still offers us the opportunity to see his beauty pass, to see the joy in the moment, to see something. You know that word uh, even talks about the taste of God as it passed by Moses, as he passed by Moses, lines up with the scripture, taste and see that the Lord is good. You know when you see that God has done something, it leaves a taste in your mouth. It's like, oh, that is the most fabulous, most fabulous. So this year, let me start with the first one. January 18th, Bo Oliver Laughlin was born. Oh my gosh. 
my second grandson that was never supposed to be born to a mother who was told she would never have children. But he's here, and he's something else. See, God does. <laughs> he is something else. He is a trap. Woo! But uh, miraculous things that slide by us. And so I say, thank you, God. Isn't it interesting that in sign language, uh, good is the same as thank you, or just right there close, God is good, thank you, that we could be aware and go, thank you, God, in these moments. March 23rd, let's mark some days. March 23rd, the day my mother went home to be with the Father. What a, I don't even know how. I just don't even have words to tell you how God did that how he walked us through that. When we got the call on Saturday night, um, we got this call, I got the call on Saturday night, and they said they've taken her to the hospital, and, and at that point they thought something was wrong with her thumb. I love how good God is. But I didn't know what I was going into, so I do what I always do. I go, God, I started that conversation up. God, I need to know. God, I trust you. You are a good God. And I reached over in my iPod and I turned on God of the Angel Armies, the one that we just sang. Oh, how interesting. I turned it on for two and a half hours. I put it on a loop. I know who goes before me. I know who stands behind this God of angel armies, he's always by our side. And see, we need the revelation, just like the servant, was it of Elisha or Elijah, that couldn't see and they were being attacked and they were being bombarded and he prayed, open his eyes and when the servant walked out, he saw the horses and chariots, the angel armies on the hills around us. Sometimes we need God to open our eyes to, so we can see that. And the most precious moments, I'm telling you, we had one week Seven days out of 70 years we had to walk with her those last days of her time on this planet. And I, can I tell you something? There, there, there was, it was the most sacred thing. I the first time you hold your grandchild, the first time you hold your baby is equal and sacred to the moment that you lie in bed with your mom in the hospital and you hold her for the last time. Just so sacred and so precious, and the same words that were on her lips in life as she walked through her house going, God is good, God is faithful, ah, oh, hallelujah, <laughs> were on her lips in that room. And she would lay there and she would just be going, God, you're good. God, you are so good. Bless the people, God. Be with, be with that little church, God. She must have said that a hundred times. Be with that little church, God. God, you are good. And the divine privilege. My sisters, I haven't sang with my sisters in 30 years. I haven't sang with them. And I stood in that room, and my oldest sister goes, I just want to sing her home. I just want to sing her home. And so we stood in that room, and we leaned over that bed, and we sang all of the old hymns. It's like we just, God's presence was so in that place, and it was the most sacred time. And all I could do, even though I knew she was passing and our prayer would have been, God, heal her, because that's our natural thing to do, it was time for her to go home. And the grace of God that had sustained her when she had a stroke three years before, and they thought she wouldn't walk, they thought she wouldn't talk, they thought all of these things, and that same drive to that same hospital, God said, you go in and you tell her she will live and declare the works of the Lord. 
and you go in and you tell her she will not walk infirmed in the land. And I did, and I told her, and God was faithful to his word. Well, on the drive this time, as I began to pray, what I saw were three standing at the, the edge of a precipice, looking out over this great, vast, empty space that was on Sunday morning. I saw it so clear in my spirit. On Saturday morning, I woke up at my sister's house, and the first thing that hit my spirit, the first thing I saw in my spirit were four standing, and they turned and they walked in the opposite direction. My phone rings, and Angie goes, she's gone home. God is faithful. He is so good, and he is so faithful, and I have seen him over and over and over again in joyous times. One of the most precious moments I got to walk through this year was to walk with Tara Bowman. In some of her last days, guys, we run from the hard things, and God is going to get in there. Get in there. It's not about what it costs you. It's about what you can bring into that situation. There is nothing more precious. I stood there with her. I sat with that family. And to be there, and you don't even have to have the words, but I recognized the holiness. I recognized the holiness of that space. Guys, do not run from the people who suffer. I don't care if you don't have the words to say. Go and hug them. Go and hold them. I didn't have anything to say to Brianna that morning. I sat on that bed with Tara, and then we knew she was going to pass, and, and, and Brianna just kind of fell into my arms, and I just held my friend's daughter as her mother was welcomed into heaven. It's precious, and it's holy, and it hurts. But it was so worth it. Sacred moments that only God can take us into and bring us out of. But we have to recognize. Boy, that's a, that's a street term. You better recognize. <laughs> oh, but we have got to recognize God in all of these places because he wants to send you where you don't want to go. He wants you to go and reach into those places that... <laughs> Been to a leper colony lately? I will not offer him that which cost me nothing. And I feel like I have spent years upon years upon years offering things, him things that came naturally or things that didn't cost me anything. But to go in and hurt, we don't want to hurt. But there is such a thing as a fellowship of the suffering of the saints. There is such a thing, and God moves in. And I go from that place, and in, in, I walk into those places going, I need to see God, to going, I will see God. I know now, I know when he sends me somewhere, I'm going to see him. I know that I'm going to see his beauty somehow. I'm going to see something precious and worthy of respect if I will just stop. And see, some of you are going through some places in your life and you've been going, God, I can't survive this. God, I don't know how to get through this. I just want to give you one word of encouragement. Stop and see God. Allow his goodness to pass by you. Scripture tells us, it says, wait for him. It says, I would have despaired. I would have despaired if I hadn't hoped to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. 
And then the scripture goes on and it says, wait for him. Be strong and of good courage and wait for the Lord. See, something wonderful happens when the Lord passes by. We saw it in the scripture in Exodus. God told Moses, he said, I'm going to pass by and you're going to see my goodness. And then what does he say? He says, I'm going to declare my name as he passes by. He declares his name in situations. I feel like when he passes by, there are times when I hear him go, Healer, I am the Lord who heals you. I am healer, or I am that I am. I am Elroy, the God who sees you. He declares his name in such a way that we're able to grab hold of God in that moment. And see, we're supposed to live in, in those moments. I think the inevitable result is if we are in a, a place of prayer and petition, the inevitable result when we see the goodness of God pass by is that we have no, it's like, thank you seems so small, but the word is thank you. Thank you. And I find myself over and over living in this place of gratitude with God for um, just showing himself strong through all of these places. You know, God will meet you where you are. God will meet you where you are. And the goal, the goal is that we would begin to live lives of gratitude. And what I have learned for myself, and it may or may not be true for you, what I have learned for myself that I, is that I will not live in a constant state of gratitude unless I'm able to see the sacred, recognize the worthy, see the goodness of God as it passes by. And it prompts a response of gratitude. I want to live in gratitude. Be encouraged. Be encouraged. Um, I want to get the praise and worship team up if we could. The Lord gave me the perfect example and yet another thing I, I had shared with my family. I have had the opportunity to f- spend a lot of time with my family in the last year. Woohoo! You, you got family too? It's been interesting. It's been interesting, and it's been good. All I can say is some things change and some things don't. <laughs> God is one of those uh, people, he, nothing about him changes. But we were in North Carolina a few weeks ago, about three weeks ago. I had the privilege, a lot of you do not know the story because you're new, um, but I have a niece, Heather, and all of the old timers, you know that when Heather was about two, Um, She was diagnosed with leukemia. And at that time, Heather's about 24, so 20 years ago, when you were diagnosed with acute lymphocytic leukemia, the chances of your survival were not great. And I think they were probably less so in East Tennessee. Um, And so they went through a lot. Um, But the wedding I went to was Heather's. And... um, God just gave me a moment that just clarified everything, just, just clarified it all for me. We're sitting in this cabin up on the mountains in North Carolina. We've had the rehearsal dinner, and everybody has moved away. Everybody's just gone on. And left in that cabin in the living room is myself, Heather, who's sitting beside me on the sofa, and Angie, who is sitting across from me. Now, Angie's my little sister. She's 15 months younger than I am, and one of the bravest souls. One of the most um, together people you would ever want to meet. If Angie's going through something, you will never know it. 
because she just, she's not the type that's going to come up and go, oh, let me tell you what's happening here. Let me, that's not who she is. She gets through it. She gets through it. And I always wondered, because when, when we were growing up, she's kind of whiny, you know? And <laughs> I mean, she just, I mean, she tattled a lot, but I'm not going to get into that. But somewhere along the way, and what they, I found out what the reason was, Angie stopped crying. And so she told me, she said, um, on the day that she was looking for Heather's wedding dress, she said, stay with, talk to me because I can't cry. And I'm like, why can't you cry? She said, because when Heather was three, we were in a treatment and they were going to do a spinal tap and they had done one before. And she said, and it was, I knew how bad that hurt her. And Heather had just cried and she said, not cried. She said, when we went to the second one, Heather said, mommy, if you don't cry, I won't cry. And she said, from that moment forward, everything we walked through, we walked through knowing that we'd come through on the other side of it. So, that, that, so we're sitting in this living room, jump forward 22 years, and Angie's sitting over here, and she looks at Heather, and she says, okay, let's just get this over with now. <laughs> it was very moving. <laughs> she said, let's just get this over with now. And I'm thinking, what? And, and she said, Heather, we were always raised to be grateful for what we had. Mom always taught us, and it's the truth. Mom always taught us, don't go asking God for everything lest he think you're ungrateful for what you already have. And she said, so I have lived grateful. She said, when I got pregnant with you, she said, I wanted a little girl more than anything. I just wanted a little girl. And she said, when you were born, she said, your, your cry was so deep, I wasn't sure there for a minute. <laughs> you have to know Heather's only about, I mean, she's a little petite thing now. And she said, your daddy walked over and he said, you got your girl. And she said, Heather, I was so grateful. I was so thankful. And I said, God, I won't ask you for anything else. <laughs> I'm so grateful. God, thank you for my daughter. And she said, when you were two and the doctors walked in and they said you were sick. She said, I heard mama's words and I thought I'm not going to ask him for everything lest I seem ungrateful for the two years that I've had. But I said, God, can I see her turn three? And she said, and you turned three, and I was the most grateful woman on the planet. And every day, I blessed God for you. Every day, I thanked God for you. And she said, and then you turned four. And when you turned four, and about that time, this 24-year-old woman who's sitting next to me gets up off of the sofa, runs across the room, and climbs into her mother's lap. And Angie wrapped her arms around Heather, and Heather wrapped hers around her, and she said, Heather, I thanked him for five, and I thanked him for six, and every birthday I have said, God, I thank you for every day that has gone before. But she said, never in my wildest dreams did I think I would stand with you this day and watch you get married? She said, I am the most grateful woman in the world. And I thought, God, that is how we are called to live. That is the way we should spend our lives. Not because someone is sick, but because God is so good. Because he is so faithful and he has met us everywhere along the way. Thank him for the twos. Thank him for the threes. Thank him for the fours. Thank him. 
in the middle of where you are. You might not be able to see the outcome right now, but what you can know where you stand is that God is good. God is good. You will see God. You will see God. In your moment, if you will trust Him, if you will stop, if you will step back and go, God, let me see something of your beauty in this moment. Wait for Him. Wait for Him. He is a very, very, very good God. Amen. Can you stand with me? Jesus, 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 Jesus. Okay, I want to shift here for a minute because what, even though this is sad, <laughs> Wayne's like, no! No, I'm <laughs> Where is so good, so good? Which so, so good, so good? good? Brad and them, so good. It's Notice the hand movement. So good! <laughs> what I want us to do... <laughs> Let's tell him he's good, amen, if you dance, dance.
testify that God has been good to you. I want you to come. We're going to teach you a dance. <laughs> he is so good. He is so good. Amen. If he picked you up and he turned you around and he set your feet on solid ground, let's do that. You pick me up.
to me. So good, so, so good to me. So good, so, so good to me, Jesus. So good, so, so very, very, very That is your blessing today. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Amen.